that's one thing that you have to have in there. If you get tired, it's it's game over. There's nothing scarier than being locked in the cage with another guy when you have no energy left and he is trying to take your head off. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to episode number 51 of the Run the Riot podcast. So glad you're listening. I hope you're having a good time. Uh, today, this episode, episode 51, is hereby declared the Baconator episode. What does that mean? Well, just hang on. I'll tell you what it means. First, <laughs> let's talk about our sponsors here. First thing, I, we're gonna you're gonna hear us talk about it on the in the middle of our, our conversation today about the Outlaw Race series. You need to check it out. Outlaw 100 is the flagship uh, race. It's 100 miles. It's it's a, a very technical trail. It's a tough one, man. Um, Come out, check it out. You want a good, tough 100 in, uh, out in the Oklahoma area? Check that out. It's also home of the Flat Rock Triple Crown, the Lake McMurtry Run, the Flower Moon Run, the Dark and Dirty, and coming up in November, the Thunderbird Trail Run. Yeah, I'll, I plan on being there. I'll prob- I'm planning on running. I'm not sure what distance yet. Uh, and even if for some reason uh, Moab kills me and I don't run, uh, I plan on being there to hang out and visit with you guys. So uh, November 14th in Norman, Oklahoma, Thunderbird Trail One, Trail Run, Trail One, Trail Run, you know, whatever. It's a trail run. Uh, come out, man. Check it out. It's going to be a good race. They're a good race put on by good people. Uh, distances, 100K, 50K, 25K, 5K. Hey, man, you can even do it virtual. Uh, the metal looks cool. Um, so just, just check that out. Uh, you enjoy it and then come hang out if you can. Uh, I think we're going to try to camp out or something out there. It'll be good. Come hang out at Thunderbird, Norman, Oklahoma in November. Also, uh, check out t8.run, the letter T, the number eight dot run gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. Dude, you got to check out their commando shorts. They are guaranteed to keep you chafe free and it works. I've run in where I've just been soaking wet with sweat, and normally I would be chafed to high heaven without putting something, uh, some kind of lube or something on there, and these things work. I've had other people that have tried them uh, based on on the recommendation of the podcast, and they're like, man, those things really work. Um, Get out there to T8.run, put in the code 50, the the number 50 dash run the riot, all one word, uh, and you get a discount. Yeah, easy peasy, man, 50 dash run the riot at t8.run and also check out pandemic follies pandemic follies is at www.modestgains.net and click on that pandemic follies button at the toolbar on top now this what this is is not your normal virtual run pandemic follies has a short a long and an ultra and it does have some running but it's also got burpees it's also got some rowing it's got all kinds of things. Listen, this is really looks like a it looks like a fun race that you can do with your friends, with your coworkers, uh, and just have a good time. There's like 25 things to do uh, in order to accomplish the meadow. And it, whether you like the the short distances, uh, they've got the short distances. They have the medium distances and the ultra, the really longer runs, a lot of burpees. Uh, the, it's harder. It's work. All right. So check that out, man. Pandemic follies at www.modestgains.net and uh, last but not least i just want to encourage you guys uh you can support the podcast by by going to itunes or wherever you listen and give it a rating uh put in a little comment there what you think about it so other people looking for ultra running podcasts will know what we're about and, and see if you know if we're a fit for them and to help them uh and guys if you're a 
looking to just support the podcast with a Patreon, you can go to www.runtheriot.run, and uh, there's a Patreon link there. If you give Patreon is just a, a system where you can give, you know, a couple dollars a month, five dollars, ten, whatever, just what, just something uh, that you support. Uh, the the content providers that you want just with a couple bucks a month enough people do a couple bucks a month it helps pay and offset a bunch of the expenses and so uh, just if you I mean I love what I do like I always say I enjoy it but if you want to partner with the podcast man uh, I'd love to have you do that check that out so on to today's episode uh, the Baconator episode what in the world are we talking about well today we're going to be meeting a guy by the name of Justin the Baconator Smith. Yeah, I met Justin. Uh, actually, we found out that we actually run a few races together, uh, but ended up talking to him at the Low T 200. And uh, Justin was once an MMA fighter. Um, and that was his name. They would introduce him as Justin the Baconator Smith. I love it. I love it. Man, we had an interesting conversation, talked about our similar backgrounds in martial arts and about cutting weight and all that fun stuff, but then we get into the running. And uh, it, it, what I like doing with this podcast is we get people who, who've been in the game a long time, who've, who've been running a long time, got a lot of miles under their belt, and they talk about their experiences. Well, well, Justin hasn't been running all that long, but he's already learned some valuable lessons. Um, he's also, and he's carried some lessons he learned from MMA uh, into ultra running. And um, he's got a journey ahead of him. He just wants to keep pushing and keep growing. So I love that. So ladies and gentlemen, Justin, the Baconator Smith. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we've got, um, I think this is going to be a really interesting visit. Uh, we've got Justin the Baconator Smith. What's going on, Justin? Hey, it's been a while since I heard that. I love hearing it, though. How's it going? <laughs> should, should I have done it uh, more like a, let's get ready to rumble or something like that? <laughs> no, oh, that was perfect. That's exactly <laughs> how they said it. That's beautiful. Nice, nice. Well, well, Justin, I, I always like to start off by how, how you got on my radar. So um, you got on my radar uh, about the podcast. You were running the um, the Lotsi 200, um, and uh, I was I was out there pacing my my, my buddy uh, Matt Riley, and you offered us some bacon. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you I mean, said if, something. If you want him? No, go ahead. If you want him? If you want to make a friend, what better way to offer bacon? That's dude. I know bacon ever. is love. Yeah, yes. you offer us love out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you and then so uh, Matt went gets. You know, I wasn't running the race. I was out there just doing some pacing. So I didn't. I didn't think it would be cool of me to 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 take some of the bacon. You know, if you guys needed it. <laughs> you know, and that that have been. And so you and then you said something like like uh, the, the about the baconator because uh, Matt had just eaten a baconator. And you said that was your name when you when you fought in MMA. And I was like, oh, he fought in MMA. That's cool. All right. All yeah. right. Because, you know, in my jujitsu background, I've cornered some guys. And I was like, all right. And then when I looked you up on, on the Facebook <laughs> and messaged you, uh, you were like, uh, hey, man, I'm the, I'm the bacon. I forgot what you said. What's the Patreon name? Something about eating um, bacon. 
Run Trails Eat Bacon. I have a YouTube channel by that too. So Run Trails oh, Eat Bacon. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, we need to talk yeah. about that. Too. All right. And so I was oh, like, yeah. dude, I didn't even know that. And I would have, we, I would have thanked you, probably gave you a hug and like talked. You know. <laughs> but anyway, so, so Justin, you, you got out there and you ran, you, you did 125 miles, I think. Yes. Yes. So with my work, it's actually opposite. Our business is going crazy through COVID. So I have, I did zero training for the 200 miler. Nice. So I decided, you know, I didn't want to drop down a distance. I was like, I'm just going to see how much I could do before my body shuts down. And I guess that was about 125 miles. Wow. So, wow. And so uh, we'll get into your past in a little while, but you, you, you got, you took a tough, tough lick on that race, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. It was one of those where usually after a day, I feel like crap for a day or two and then I feel better and then I'm back to normal, but this didn't go away. I was laying in bed head shaking and I actually had to go to the doctor and they did a bunch of tests and um, they said I had a liver and kidney damage and that I shocked my muscles so bad that all the blood left my stomach area and went to my muscles to help recover my muscles. <sighs> and so I was, I was on the couch for like a week. It really put me out. So lesson learned. Um, if you don't train for the race, either drop down in a distance or go ahead and, and get out of it. It's not the time to test yourself. And oh, especially man. during a 200 miler. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. No, well, and for those who don't know, uh, we you know talked a little bit about it with Matt Riley. Lotsi is it's a uh, it's it's a one point one something mile loop you do a bazillion times depending on your distance, and it's flat, but it's it gets hot. It's really exposed. I mean, you were probably pretty dehydrated, also, huh? Yeah, I was dehydrated, and the problem is, is that I ran with Matt too, and Matt's fast. I might be <laughs> one of the. I might be one of the first back of the pack guys you have on the podcast. So I tried to keep it up with Matt and man, I was like, hang on, you go ahead for a few laps. And when he catch back up with me, we'll go some more. So <laughs> but I enjoyed every lap I spent with him. It was all just not training. And, and the dehydration, I really didn't feel. I don't know if you okay. just don't feel it till it's too late. Cause I was, yeah. you know, I had four pounds of bacon, so I did have plenty to share with you, <laughs> but I had all tons of water, hydration, everything. And then, yeah, okay. just afterwards I was shut down. So I'm glad to be all, all better now though. Yeah, man. Was it, uh, was it rhabdomyolysis? Is that what he said? Was it rhabdo? Was that part of it? I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the terminology was. Okay. It, was it was just kind of weird and, and okay. I never, ever really get shut down like that. So it was definitely yeah. a shock to me and I definitely found my limits. Okay. So. Well, that's crazy. Cause, and, and then with your background, I know, I mean, you know, when you, when you, when you did MMA, MMA fighter, you trained, yeah. I mean, and you train, you've been through some tough training cycles before. And, and so I know, I know you didn't train for this, but like the, the actual <laughs> act of doing it was putting your body through stuff, you know, some tough things that you've been through tough things. So that's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, um, so with, with the MMA, usually for every fight I had, I would cut 30 pounds. I walked around at 185 and I cut down to 155. So I did put my body through a lot. I trained three hours a day, had nine fights in the cage, two fights in the boxing ring. It actually all started out when I was watching UFC and Nate Diaz, um, a scrappy cocky fighter. He uh, put a guy in a triangle hold and started flipping off the crowd. And I was like, this guy's so rude. I really want to go, you know, fight him and teach him a lesson. <laughs> So I, I go into this MMA gym and I'm like, Hey, I want to fight Nate Diaz. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, how many fights have you had? And I was like, well, I'm an undefeated street fighter. And of course they laughed at me. And I quickly learned that it takes a lot of skill and not just, you know, yeah. yeah. Bronze and, and, well, let's, and let's go, so. 
let's back up a little bit, man. So, yeah. okay. So, uh, I always like to ask about, about background and, and sports mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So let's, I'm, I'm assuming you're, yeah, you're an adult when you're, you're doing MMA. What, what did, have you, did you do anything before that? Did you do anything in school besides street fight or anything? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, and I say I was undefeated street fighter. I only had two fights. So oh, okay. right. yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't that right. kind of guy. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, in high school football, wrestling, cross country track, very active. Okay. And so wrestling was the main thing, of course. So a lot of wrestlers miss that competition and they go into MMA. And surprisingly, I really wasn't a runner. I did cross country, but really I only ran because every movie you watch says to be a good fighter or wrestler, you have to run. You know, you watch Rocky, you watch Vision Quest and all the best, you know, it's so Rocky, like the third of the movie is him running around the neighborhoods. I'm like, okay, so all, all my running was just from training. So I thought that's what you had to do to be the best. So it's definitely a different world now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that. That's cool. Um, what weight class did you wrestle in high school? Um, one sixty-five. So, it's it's really um, it's really interesting. I was actually around one fifty. I should have wrestled one fifty-two, but in Oklahoma, the top four in the East region and the top four in the West region make up an eight-man bracket, and the one fifty-two pounders in this side of the state was loaded so i'm like well i'm just gonna eat bacon and be a fat kid and i'm gonna wrestle up a weight class and they'll have an easier chance to make into the state so nice nice how, 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 how did you do high school wrestling how, how did you oh okay. heartbreaking yeah so um just like any wrestler the older i get the better i was and that's okay. for almost any sport in life um so junior year tore my acl and senior year did dislocated my kneecap right before regionals so it's one of those i never got to go to state so i can never really say but oh, I find myself the older I get, the better I was. Okay, well, you and I definitely we both wrestled. Uh, now nah, I was I was the 103, 112, 119 wow. guy. Yeah, I was the little guy. <laughs> uh, I was the lanky, fast guy that uh, that would go against 165 guys at practice and just try to outspeed them. <laughs> yeah, you were the flexible guy that just would not go over. You know what? How those guys are. Yeah, I was. I wasn't too flexible. I was kind of bendy, but like, uh, like hammies wise, nah, not really. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. So you, so you wrestled and you, and you did cross country. What did you run uh, in cross country out there? You just, you just did, did okay with it. Um. Yeah, it was pretty slow, but I was. Yeah. Um. I think like top seven is varsity, and I was either seven or eight. So some meets I'd be varsity, some meets I wouldn't. But it okay. was all to uh, rehab the ACL. Yeah. Injury from high, from high school. So. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. So, so you chose, you started running to, to help your rehab. Is that? Yes. Yeah. To, to, to help the rehab for, um, for wrestling. And then of course, when I started fighting MMA, it was watching Rocky and, you know, you have to run to stay in shape. And if, if you're going to cut 30 pounds for every fight, you're going to have to get out yeah, there and run. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny. I started run. I, I did the only running I did was to get ready after I graduated. I did jujitsu. I, mm-hmm. I uh, and uh, my running was just to be cardio for for tournaments, jujitsu tournaments and stuff. And when I tore my ACL doing jujitsu, I started. Wow. Uh, I, I said I need a, a goal to rehab, and that's when I started. I, my first race was a marathon, so I said I need a goal. So within a year, I'm going to run a marathon. Like you know, okay. that makes sense. You know, whatever. <laughs> And so that's funny. Uh, so, so you got, uh, you, you wrestled, you, then, then you decided you want to go beat Nate Diaz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I, and I'm, I'm well acquainted with the Diaz brothers. I, oh, I, yeah. I've, I've watched them. Um, those are some scrappy dudes and, and they do, they do tri- triathlons and, and run marathons and stuff too. Those are, those guys are yes. all over the place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they don't get tired and that's, 
that's one thing that you have to have in there. If you get tired, it's it's game over. There's nothing scarier than being locked in the cage with another guy when you have no energy left and he is trying to take your head off. It is yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely a wake up call if, if that ever happens. So it, it's a crazy enough feeling in, in wrestling and jujitsu when you're on the mat and you don't have somebody trying to punch you or kick you in the head um, and, and, and you're out of strength. And so I can't imagine, you know, I've never, never fought in the cage or anything like that, but I can't imagine just, yes. I can't do anything. Just, yes. <laughs> and just the uh, adrenaline rush of thousands of people watching and you got drunk guys screaming. I've had fights where I'd pick a guy up and slam him and get full mount and I'm just punching down on him. And some drunk guy in the crowd's like, stand up and fight like a man. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just did all this work and you're not <laughs> Really? Seriously? Go watch boxing. Stand up and fight like a man. I am fighting like a man. I just... Yes. <laughs> oh man. So so you uh tell me about tell me about your journey into MMA. How how long did you did you train actual, you know, your your ground game and your your stand up fighting before you actually got in the cage and fought? That was that was quite a journey because you know jujitsu is like learning a whole nother language. You're, yeah. you're forcing your body to go against the natural motion it wants to go. And then you have to do so many repetitions of that to get used to that to where that's the new norm. And so I actually didn't fight for my first year. And then I kind of had a bunch of fights after that. And I actually went to another gym. I left my gym, went to another gym and they said, you just keep wrestling people. You need to stand up and fight. And I was like, okay, well this is working, you know, and then they signed me up for a kickboxing fight. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, Oh no. So I, and it's a Muay Thai elbows, knees, punches and kicks. And so I'm in a VFW in front of all these vets. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this guy's legs. Like I see all these openings for takedowns and I just keep getting hit in the face. And I'm like, okay. And then, so that's when I switched and I used footwork and angles. I'm like, okay, now instead of looking for angles for a takedown, I'm looking for the angles to land that shot. And out of all the fights I've had 11 fights, that's the only knockout I ever got was actually in a kickboxing fight. And here really? I am a wrestler. So, yeah. So I actually like said, thank you, coach. That was that was a lot of fun. But we don't have to do that anymore. But that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you start getting, you know, you know, in, in wrestling, you get you might catch an elbow or something by accident or, you know, get slammed a little bit. But uh, how was it getting punched in the face the first time, man? Oh, man, it is. You always watch the movies and you're just like, oh, you dodge duck and you like slip that punch and then you go in and land your punch and then you get hit and your immediate reaction is to go back. And that's when you know you're ready to stop training and start fighting. Whenever people are throwing punches at you and you move into the punches instead of away from them and kind of move and kind of try to glance and duck under them instead of just going straight backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're not putting your head. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, so, man. That's cool. So so you, you did you did the kickboxing and then you get into MMA. Uh, you went into an actual MMA fight. How, how did that go for you, man? Being, you know, did you fall into your wrestling? Did you do? How did you do? Oh, yeah. My first like five fights, it was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And and so I think uh, then I finally get in the stand up game going and a lot of it towards the end because I started getting closer to 30 and I've been cutting weight all my wife through well, my life through wrestling. So yeah. the weight cuts started getting tougher and tougher. So I ended up with a five win, four loss record. So not okay. bad. A couple of amateur championships, but nowhere near ready to fight Nate Diaz like I originally <laughs> yeah. went to the gym yeah. thinking. So definitely yeah. earned a lot of respect for every UFC fighter and everyone that's ever fought at any level, really, because it takes a lot to get in there and do it. So still a lot of fun. Yeah. How many, how many, uh, how many times did you go the distance? How many times was it, was it a decision? Oh man, I think four. And I had one five round fight and I was just dead. 
dead and me and the other guy were both dead and we're just like barely able to lift our hands we're throwing punches and i i die for a takedown it looks like i'm just belly flopping because i'm so tired so yeah going the <laughs> distance you definitely want to go in there and finish the fight especially if you're cutting as much weight as i did and of course now i'm actually on on like a diet now and i'm just like man if i could have been healthy back when i was an mma fighter i would have to cut 30 pounds every fight so i was the guy that believed that that space in between your seat driver's seat and center council that's the perfect size for little hostess uh debbie case. <laughs> so i had like oatmeal cream pies cosmic brownies and then when i first met my wife she's like why do you have those like fat kid cakes in there i'm like that's what that's for it's, it's that distance for a reason she's like no that's not right at all so <laughs> getting off the little debbies definitely helps but um, yeah oh, we call them little di little diabetes <laughs> yes my goodness just they're so good cosmic though. brownie cosmic brownies man they're 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 well named they're out of this world they're so good and Dude. oatmeal cream pies don't get me going see but i haven't had those in forever now so i think like you i think you're um fat adapted as well yeah um yeah so right. and yeah and and of course that's how you can eat bacon but uh and so it's it's crazy if i tell people that i i cut down all my carbs i eat no sugars i eat a lot of vegetables and meats and fats they're like wow that's a really good idea but then if i tell people on keto they're like oh you're you're yeah. crazy keto's not good for you so yeah. i think keto kind of has a perception because of the keto crazies yeah but really yeah. really in any diet you just raise that um rate, cut down the sugar raise up the vegetables and you're good to go and that's something i definitely wish i would have done back when i was fighting what do you walk around what way you do you walk around at right now about 165 God, you see yeah it's 10, 10 pounds, pounds is a away. piece of cake dude yeah oh man yeah that's just water weight God, that's great <laughs> yes wow. so so for those people who aren't familiar with with what it's like and who aren't in the mma world for those runners we're gonna get to running soon uh everybody's yes. listening so but we, we gotta get some background here we gotta because we share some of this stuff um and for wrestling and cutting weight so so how did you do it because people think wow you go from 185 to 155 how in the world do you do that so tell me about the journey to to cut that weight and when do you when did you start out and how do you how did you do it? Yeah, so it, it was a lot of grilled chicken. Um, of course, little Debbie's found her way out of my car. Yeah. Um, grilled chicken and rice. And I would cut down my portions a lot. And I eat a lot of broccoli. So broccoli, grilled chicken, rice, real strict diet. And then the last 10 to 12 pounds was all water weight. It would be sauna suit, Epsom salt baths, running in the heat, just sweating out all the water. And you would weigh in the night before. So I would get on the scale, 155 pounds, and I would drink a bottle of Pedialyte a gallon of water and then i would start i would start carb loading to put all the weight back on so when i stepped yeah. in the cage the next day i was about 178 pounds to 180 pounds <laughs> and i was all filled back up isn't that crazy yes oh man yeah just at, at, for a jiu-jitsu tournament i remember uh, i had I, I fought at 162 and um i think by the next morning i was you know 12 pounds over and you know i wasn't even cutting you know that hard you know so yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit the buffet after he's <laughs> like <laughs> yes and that's just like any diet losing the weight it can come off but keeping it off is a hard part yeah it's yeah. so easy to put weight back on well when you think about it with wrestling and all it's not i mean i mean it's not the healthiest thing to be cutting that much weight you know no not <laughs> but, at all you know when you can find you know like you walking around right now at a good 165 you know you probably mm -hmm. just feel a lot better <laughs> oh yeah the energy level is insane 
And I coach Little League wrestling, too, and I will not let those kids cut weight because it's not about that at that age. There's no advantage and real strength or size advantage. Just just get out there and have fun. So, you know, and I don't know in Louisiana, my son wrestled and and they would um, they'd weigh them at different times. And there was only you could only do a percentage, cut a percentage of of where you were at, you know, certain times. They kind of watched you, which is probably a good, you know, good thing, especially young, young people. Man, it's not good starving yourself, you know. Yes. Definitely. Weight as a kid. Yeah, I, a lot of wrestlers uh, hit a growth spurt after they get out of high school and don't wrestle anymore because they eat, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's like the wrestler bot. All, all the wrestlers have the big shoulders, big arms, and just a, a random gut. And that's actually what I had when I stopped fighting. It was weird. I was like, I have a beer belly and I don't drink beer this is not good (laughs) oh man so um so so how did your uh how did you get uh, you fought in the cage and then uh, you just decided that it was time to 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 hang that up or or what yeah um there was a lot of different things the weight cutting was getting tough um i still didn't have the diet then and then also it would be weird i would be driving home so fighting really fighting in the cage doesn't give me that brain damage or give you the headaches it's the training so when you, when I train at one of the best gyms in Oklahoma and I go in there and we do 10 rounds at five minutes around, that's 50 minutes of me fighting the best guys in the state. I would drive home and I would be going from Edmond to Oklahoma City. And for those of you who don't know, it's like a 15 minute drive. And I would end up like a half hour south. And I'm like, oh, no, I missed my exit. Yeah. And so once wow. that started happening, I was like, this isn't going in the right direction. And I'm still nowhere close to fighting Nate Diaz. So <laughs> maybe I should uh, think of a different different path or different different uh, goal to chase. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's it's uh yeah, it's one of those things that uh if you can get to the upper echelon pretty quick and, and ride there, but uh but it's a it's a dangerous sport, man. They're finding out, you know, I mean that like you said, the training and stuff, they, it can be brutal in the cage, but you gotta you gotta do a lot to get there. So yes. yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, cornering a few of uh, a few of our buddies and it's hard when you train with somebody. You ever, you ever got KO'd, man? No, no. Oh, okay, cool. cool. All right. Good. I just I had, to, I had to ask. I had, but uh, you help, you know, guys you sweat with, you help train, you stand, you're cornering them and you watch them just get laid out. And it's like, yes. oh, not good. <laughs> yes. It's so, so sad to see because because you cause when you train with them, you see them put in the work, too. Yeah, and it's the same thing with ultra running. If you have a running buddy and you see them put in the work and then they DNF, you're just like, no, I saw him put in the work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It hurts, man. It hurts. Yes. <laughs> you hurt with them and for them, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so you, you, you decided to, to, to get out of MMA. So immediately did you, uh, did you continue to still maybe to, to do jujitsu or anything like that? Or what what'd you do? You just backed out completely. I had to get out completely cause I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. So I, 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 I would have taken a fight. Yeah, <laughs> I would have if, if if there was like a fight and a guy backed out and I'm like, you know, what? I'm in shape, you know, I can just bump up weight. I, I probably would have taken a fight. So, yeah. so yeah, but uh, but that is kind of how I got into ultra running because I kind of got that beer gut without drinking beer. And and I was looking for a challenge and my buddy said, hey, you should try the Oklahoma City Marathon. I wonder if you could finish it. And I was like, I can't afford that. And he's like, well, our company pays for it. I work for a really great company. And so I was like, oh, well, if the company's going to pay for it. Sign me up. And so. That's when I first got into uh, anything, really, you know, anything running wise. So yeah, I, I lined up at the marathon and just took off sprinting and learned a lesson there. And <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you actually train for it a little bit or did you just? I, I signed up two weeks before. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That you, makes sense. <laughs> you're probably sensing a theme here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Just, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> yes. It, oh, man. It, it, it was just so weird. I like everyone's passing me and then I'm passing them back and then I'm just like. And then I said, I told my friend, hey, will you meet 
here um to give me some gatorade or something and he met me and and i think i'm doing good i'm trying my hardest he's like man the winter already finished already dude you're you're you need to pick it up i'm like oh man <laughs> it was like a five and a half hour marathon for me it was rough so i was like okay and and so you think i would have been humbled by it but i was like that didn't kill me and you know i'm still alive so there has to be something more than that and that's when i hit hit up youtube actually so a lot of people find running through these books, but I think we're going to find a lot more people find running through YouTube and YouTube videos and inspire them. So I just got on YouTube and typed in, you know, more than a marathon. What's the next? Oh, and I saw hundred mile distances and yeah. I watched the Western States video and I was like, that's it. I'm going to run <laughs> on Western States. And that's my, name. my wife that's came my home. Name that's it. Yes. Western and my Nation. wife came home. I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to run Western States. I'm going to sign up for a hundred mile. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, oh my God, you're serious, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, of, of course, when I go to sign up for it, I'm like, oh, you have to qualify for it. It's not that easy. Yeah. And then she pumped the brakes real quick. She's like, you have to run another marathon. Um, you have to run a 50K. You have to run a 100K. And then you can run a 100 miler. And so I was like, all right, game on. And I am, I'm a huge goal-oriented person. So I um, this is a lesson for anybody out there. You can achieve any goal you want with $2. I went to Dollar Tree. I bought a bucket and I bought a Sharpie. And on the bucket, I wrote marathon, 50K, 100K, 100 miler. And it sat on my dresser. So every day I would go in and see my bucket list and know what I had to get done. You know, nice, so. That bucket. Okay. I was wondering where yes, you were going with the bucket. I was like, what you putting yes, in there? Change or something? What you no. <laughs> that's awesome. If you, if you set a goal, you got to be held accountable. So that's, yeah, it's yeah. always good to see your goals in front of you every day. So, um. And then, of course, I figured out, I guess a lot of ultra runners do this. You plan things around your wife's interests. So my wife's best friend lived in Austin, Texas. So I was like, hey, we should go visit your friend in February. And she's like, that'd be great. You'd really want to go do that. I was like, yeah, just drop me off at the marathon for Austin Marathon. And, <laughs> and you could go hang out with her. So Your mama so, didn't raise no dummy. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. So, and uh, yeah. The Austin Marathon, I that's where I learned to do some course research because I just thought Texas is flat like Oklahoma. I, Austin has hills. Yeah, Austin, yeah. I did not. I found that out the hard way. So I was like, oh, there's hills here. <laughs> and I would run up the hills and I'd fly past these people. I'm like, ah, suckers. And then they would just like run by me on the flats. And I was like, man. So I was, I didn't know he could walk. I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> so and then a couple months later, I got on the you know i searched for 50ks and your sponsor uh i did the lake mcmurtry 50k oh okay so, gotcha. yeah i got what, some out what, uh, race series in what year was that uh last year this is all recent I, okay, i've been running okay. along yeah okay well, got you got you okay so did i when did i run like was i was i running it then or did i oh I think probably I, you're, you're probably way ahead of me <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember I, I ran it um ran it a, i don't know if I ran it last year or year before but okay okay, okay. got you that's awesome yeah yeah, so I, I was out there. Oh, that, that, that was great. Um, Really interesting. I, I learned a lot about ultras there. That's why I really fell in love with ultras because people would like pass me like, hey, good job. Hey, good job. And you're looking great. And I'm like, who is that? Like these, how do these people know me? Do I look like some Tulsa <laughs> runner? And then like after the fifth or sixth, one, I'm like, oh, that's what we do here. And yeah, you know, we're good. Yeah. I, I get to the aid station. The guy takes my bottle and fills it up. I'm like, do I really look that bad? I was like, oh no, that's just what we do here. We take care of each other we fill each other's bottles up these volunteers really care and then i went to another aid station and there was bacon and i lost my mind i was like i am in the right sport <laughs> this, is, this, this is my sport yeah this is for me so yeah I, I went to the finish and that's where uh jeremy harrison was there and he's like hey good job and i was about to leave he's like have a seat hang out and i was like oh wow i get to you know sit and hang with you guys 
So I sat there cheering in runners and he kind of told me about the community. And so from then I was, I was hooked on ultras. Nice, nice. Well, you, yes. you jumped into a really good. I mean, uh, uh, Jeremy and and, uh, and 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 Alicia and all them. They're they're great, man. That's that's good. And mo- I mean, most yes. most as you found out since then, most most ultra ultra races are just just like that. You know, they're cool. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's so cool. Yes, yeah, so awesome. Nice, yeah. nice. So you jumped into that one, and then and then what was next? I'm I'm looking. Was was that Lake McMurtry or was that Dark and Dirty? Uh, Lake McMurtry. I, okay. I, I'm all, yeah. With the name Justin Smith, there's, I think I have races on different people's names on ultra sign up. Yeah. It's kinda you hard, do. yeah you're the, all over the place. Cause I was like, yeah, yes. I mean, he's not there. And so, Hey, I did run that same one. I won that one. Nice. <laughs> oh, there you go. Awesome. We ran <laughs> together, dude. We yeah. You probably together. told me good job. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, man. I hope I did. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. My, man. My, my next one was the hundred K and for okay. that, my wife's twin sister is stationed in South Carolina. So she's like, Hey, I really want to visit my sister. We should go to Myrtle beach. And I'm not the kind of guy that can sit still on a beach. So I started, you know, searching for races in South Carolina. I found the Hellhole 100 in St. Francis Marion forest. It's a swamp in South Carolina. <laughs> so I signed up for the hundred K in a swamp and I, I ultra runner math doesn't work. I just took my 50 K finish time and times it by two and said, that's how long it should take me to finish a hundred K. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I went out there and I'm running this hundred K in this swamp. And I learned there that horse flies don't shoe fly. They don't, they don't go away. They'll follow you forever. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And I yeah. also learned, um, headlamps are good. I, I did not have a headlamp because I did the ultra runner math. So it got dark and I'm running with a battery pack a five foot phone charger and the flashlight on my phone. And I'm running up to an aid station and they're laughing at me. They're like, did your headlamp go? I was like, I don't even own a headlamp. This is my first hundred K. And, and again, this is alternating. The guy was so awesome. He's like, here, just take mine, give it to the race director of the finish line. And you're on your last lap. And, and then I put a headlamp on. I was like, wow, this is a whole new, I'm getting two of these. These are great. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh man! Oh yeah. gosh! Yeah. So yeah. So we like while you were training. Okay. I'm 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 assuming you started training a little bit for these now. Yeah. Yes. Did, did you yes. did you get into like with the community? Like where 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 do you live right now? I don't even know where you live anymore. Anyway. Uh, Piedmont, Oklahoma. So so really, I still I'm still kind of like a solo runner. I guess I'm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just get my miles and I'm a bit of an introvert. So that's like my recharge time. I get out there, get some trail therapy in. Yeah, and then yeah. I have like a really social job. I'm a distribution center success coach. So I'm in charge of training and onboarding for every department of distribution center. Oh, wow. So yeah, so I'm all over the place everywhere talking to everybody. So then my trail time is my alone time. So I really haven't found like a running group or running buddy. Okay. And uh, I, I think there's a big road scene in Oklahoma City, but I'm not sure about the trail scene. So there's not a lot of trails to run really. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the main trail I hit up is just a two mile loop, but yes, I ran that two mile loop over and over and over and started getting those miles in once, <laughs> once I found out what happened to your feet when you don't train for an ultra. Yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah. It's my feet. Pretty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, so, uh, so tell me about your, I mean, you just doubled in distance and, and tell me about that experience. How was, how was it? I mean, how did you feel? And, and, and I just, I just find it funny that you, you like, okay, South Carolina, I'm going to go do the hell hole. Yes. <laughs> 100K, yes. That's twice as much as I've ever run before, but I'm going to go do it. You know, it's just, yeah. And it, it was surprisingly good. Once I got the headlamp, I was, and I, I just had, a good flow state and again i found people like every, you know every ultra marathon you make a friend or a, almost a best yeah. friend you, 
you exchange a life story with somebody. So yeah, I, I think it was like three or four laps and then one lap was spent with like a whole group of people. And so I just like made all new friends and, and then my wife came to pick me up and I was like, can I keep going until I hit the hundred miles? She's like, no, you are done. We said hundred K and I was like, okay, fine. So I guess I was feeling pretty good, but I was pretty good. Pretty good. I pulled the plug there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how were you, how, I mean, evidently feeling good. What were you doing uh, as, as a newbie kind of like, how were you handling your nutrition besides bacon? Well, that, that's the whole thing. Whenever I started this, that's when I started the fat adapted diet. And of course I I did it all wrong at first. I was just like, Oh, all the bacon in the world and all the fats I want in the world. But really for this diet to work, to be fat adapted and be efficient, you have to eat eight to 10 cups of vegetables a day. And so, and I'm not, I love vegetables. I just didn't know. So, and, um, recipe advice here for all the bacon lovers out there struggling to eat vegetables. If you get an air fryer, put bacon in it, you cook your bacon, you take it out. You put all your vegetables in the air fryer and the vegetables will cook in the bacon grease. We have an air fryer. We we haven't used it. Oh, game over. Yeah. There you go. It is on. So, (laughs) yeah. So, so I think with nutrition, everything was good. I was learning hydration all the way through it. And then of course, now that I'm ramping up the distance, I'm starting to uh, get some real food too, instead of just like the goos and gels and stuff. So. Yeah. 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 As you get longer, man. And some people, I mean, I ran my first, um, first hundred, I I did a little bit of bars and some, uh, and a lot of goose, but, but Mm. yeah, that gets old with your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess throw in there, but you know, you don't want that to be your only calories. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you, you survived the hundred K and then, and then, so what was the next? So I wanted, of course, Western States was the goal. So um, I was going to do, I think that 100K was in July. I was going to do Rocky Raccoon Western States qualifier, but but we know I can't wait that long. So I found Lahotse 100 miler and I, I told my wife and she's like, no, no, you just started running in February. You can't run already. I think it was like September or something when Lahotse was. And I was like, we made a deal. I checked everything off the bucket list, you know, so I get to run it. And I, I was like, hey, Lahotse is a 1.13 mile loop. I'm never that far away from an aid station. They're always there if, I need, if they need me and I could just run around in circles. And so, and the thing about Lahotse too, I can even talk about this year and last year. Last year, I got to run with uh, Walter's Handover. Yeah, yeah, Handover. Yeah, Handover. Yeah, yeah, Handover. Because he he was on the quest for most hundred miles, so I shared miles with him. Michael Ortiz is still running hundred mile weekends. He's trying yeah. to do the game of hundos. I shared miles with him, and I'm like out here with all these amazing. I'm getting all the advice. My entry fee alone, I got an advice in that race, <laughs> Lahotse. And so. Yeah. And so again, I'm, I'm back of the pack kind of guy. Um, but Lahotse is a real, real small race because it's just a one mile loop. They can't sell a lot of entry. So I ended up, uh, 26 hours. I think it took 26 hours to finish. And then I crossed the finish line and, and then he's like, congratulations, you took first place. I'm like, what? And I'll tell you, that's amazing. And I I realized that all the fast runners were doing the 200 milers. I was like, all right. Right, I'll take it. So, <laughs> well, I, I, we we probably ran together there because I uh I was training for the Tahoe, for Tahoe when I think when you I I, I was training for something I don't remember but I went and I I, I paced um uh, Walter for about thirty miles of that so oh, yeah. yeah I was yeah I'm sure we were on the course the same time there too that's cool oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we that's shared awesome. miles it's not shared shared miles so yeah yeah, we'll yeah. eventually yeah yeah we will I mean so. we're both in Oklahoma running ultras we'll we'll get there yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen I, I I guarantee we'll make it happen so. oh yeah um so so. All right. So, so you did your first hundred and at 26 hours, man, that's 26 hours and change. That's good. Uh, yeah. how did you, how did you feel after that? Cause that's a hot, that's, it, it gets hot. You, you sweat a lot. You're exposed in the exposure a lot. So it's, it's a tough, it's, it's a loop, but it's tough, you know? Um, 
What'd you learn from that, man? I got exactly what I was looking for. I felt like the day after a fight, my body was destroyed. I could barely walk. I had a limp. Like I had everything but the black eyes. It was, (laughs) it was great. And I just, I learned so much and, and I I love doing these ultras because you got so much time to think out there and I'm in a leadership role at work. And so I'm just out there running and I came back and I had to call a meeting with the manager. I'm like, I have all these ideas, like all these time to think about things. And so now I'm like hooked. I'm like, I got to run a hundred. Yeah. That's awesome. You exchanged the black eyes for black toes, man. <laughs> yes. Which, which was scary. I didn't know that they just turn black and fall off. I was like, do I need to worry about this? Or it's like, oh, okay, this is normal. So Facebook running groups really help. Yeah. yeah. Is this like frostbite or something? <laughs> yes. Oh man. That's awesome. Well, uh, what, what, uh, did you, did you, uh, learn any things like, man, I've got to change this for my, for the next time that I do a hundred, what, what were some takeaways that you might've gotten from there? Uh, a lot of it was just, um, the interval running. I, I really took away the walk for two minutes, run for three minutes kind of thing. Cause all my training runs, I just hit a pace and go. Yeah. So, so now I'll drive out to Mount Scott and, and just go for like 20, 30 miles and I'll do the walk, run, walk, run. And that way that's not for me. Cause I really had to try that at that race. Cause I'm like, I got nothing left, but then I kind of do have something left and I don't know. But then I'm like, so maybe I got two minutes of running and three minutes of walking and yeah. I would just kind of play with that. And I really learned that there. Now I use that every race. I know if I'm getting tired, I'll kind of switch up the interval on my phone for a little longer walking and a little less running. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, it's good. It's a good lesson. And a lot of people, even for marathon distances, you know, there's, there's some that swear by and, and some that Boston qualify using a walk run method, you know, just yeah. cause the, uh, you know, I'll walk through aid stations, but I know I can catch it up cause I feel good after walking through the aid station at the, at a marathon, you know? Um, yes. so yeah, that's good. It's good. Did you, uh, did you do anything? What, what do you, what did you do different for your hydration, um, for, for Lotsey or did you, did you do anything special for it? Not really. I, I have, um, the hydration best had a bottle of water and a bottle of hydration. Okay. So on my, what I did, what I did figure out is on the run walk intervals on the walk, I need to eat and I need to drink because mm. when I'm yeah. running, I'm just too busy. So then I, I, I'm not gonna, cause at first I don't think I was eating enough, but then I started walking more. I'm like, well, while I'm walking, might as well eat. And I take yeah. a sip of uh, water and a sip of hydration because the hydration has the flavor and you yeah, never yeah. want to drink the water. So you drink the water first hydration to follow it, chase it down and yeah. you kind of got the flavor and then you're hydrated. So, so that nice. one went well. Yes. Nice. So I, I, I just find it funny. And people, people that haven't run a uh, hundred or, or done some of the hard races are probably going to like, what is wrong with these people? Like you got just what you wanted. I was limping. I was hurting. Yes. Well, it's, it, we all grow from adversity and then, yeah. you know, and a lot of our life becomes routine. And then when it becomes routine, you lose the adversity. So you got to run a hundred miles or fight in a cage to find that adversity and, and learn from it. So, well, I, th- I think, you know, like you said, you gotta have a, like, you gotta have a goal and that, that's kind of how I am. I like, um, I like having something to shoot toward, you know, something that's gonna, gonna be tough and, and that I, that, that, that ha- have a possibility of failing, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, same thing in, in, in the cage and, uh, you know, on, on the course, um, uh, you can fail, you can lose, you can get knocked out, you can get submitted or you can DNF, you know? (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I actually had a, quite the experience. I, I did a a 50 miler after Lahotse. It was the Razorback running revival. That was my first time experiencing elevation. Okay. Um, so, and I, again, I'm a slow runner, so I'm rolling into an aid station about an hour late 
And I made my best friend for that ultra. His name is Mo. And so me and Mo roll in there and we're like, hey, can we keep going? We want to make it to the finish. My wife volunteered at the finish line to hand out the medals. I'm like, we want to make it to the finish and see our wives. And we don't want to come back in a car. And he was like eight to 10 people at that aid station waiting to get taken back because it was such a tough cutoff. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't have room for two more people. You guys, if you have headlamps, just keep going. (laughs) I'm so grateful he did. So me and Mo are marching on and it it turns to night and we see, and by the way, we got to be at the finish line at 8 p.m. So it's already nighttime. We see a headlamp coming our way. I'm like, oh no, this is a race director or aid aid person coming to take us off the course. And the guy's like, are you looking for me? And we're like, no. We're like, who are you? He's like, I'm in the race. I'm doing the, the, my first 50K. It was a 63-year-old man doing his first 50K. Oh, he got no. lost. Yeah, he got lost in the woods. And then he finally found the trail again, and he went the wrong way. <laughs> and so luckily, the guy at the aid station let us go because we picked him up. And so we're going, and then his headlamp goes out. And so now we went from power hiking to all three of us really close together. I was in front, headlamp in front. Mo was in the very back, and we used our headlamps together to kind of light the course for the guy. And we are just slow moving all the way back. And, and I told Mo, I was like, Mo, our wives are probably best friends right now. They're probably talking about how tough we are. But in reality, our wives were at the finish line and they're talking about how we probably die of, we're dying of hypothermia or we're lost. And they had no faith in us at all. And, and so we finally make it back at 2 a.m. That's how long it took us. Yes. Holy that, smokes, dude. That Razorback running revival is 13 river crossings and all kinds of elevation. It's a 50 miler. It's insane. So, so we make it back at 2 a.m. and the forest rangers are there forming a search and rescue crew to come look for us. Dude. You know, my, my wife is like shaking and crying. And I'm like, it's okay. We, we brought this guy back. We got him home. It's all good. And then and then the, the race volunteers at the finish line are like, hey, you guys, come finish. Come finish the race. And I'm like, uh, hang on. I guess I'll go finish this race real quick. So run, crabs. They still gave me a medal even though I'm, what, six hours late. <laughs> so get the medal. And, and I'm like, wow, that was that was crazy. And so I had a great experience from that. And <laughs> my life, yes. it's funny, dude. A lot of people would be like, that was a horrible experience. That was awesome. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, like, so I, I took first place at a hundred. I risk help rescue a guy to 50. My ego's at all time high. So I signed up for Bell- dinosaur Valley hundred mile or two weeks later. Nice. And that's when I learned I'm not Superman. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That, that, that's where I finally got the DNF. But, um, oh, but what's funny is I didn't even know about dinosaur Valley until I saw Mo was signed up for it. And I'm like, well, that's my new best friend. So I'm like, I got to run it too. Gotta, gotta go, gotta yeah. go Mo, dude. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> your wife's so. like, no Mo, no Mo, no Mo, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm coming back for redemption. That's my next race, Dinosaur Valley. And uh, it's really cool how they do it out there. Um, they hide little toy dinosaurs out there. And if yes. you're running and you find a toy dinosaur, you get a discount or free race entry to the next, the next year's race. That's so you yeah, you're out there trying not to trip on roots, but also looking for toy dinosaurs. So that's awesome. Yep. So t- tell me, tell me about what happened with with the DNF out there. Like what, um, t- you know, tell me about. I, and that's a race I, I, I I'd like to do. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know the the race director uh, met her at a, when I went to. I think I did her fifty miler. Um, okay. South North Texas somewhere. Um, yeah. And. Um, but tell me about the race. Tell me, tell me, and tell me what what went wrong. <laughs> oh, everything, everything. Okay. So, I still had blisters from two weeks before from all the river crossings and not changing my shoes. Um, I went down there and slept in my jeep the night before, okay. and I was freezing cold, so I really didn't get a lot of sleep. So you never you want to get a good night's sleep before an ultra. Yeah. Um, and I the elevation, I just wasn't prepared for the elevation. 
Um, we still had a blast though, because me and Mo both made it 60 miles and we were done, but he has twin daughters that are 16 at the time. And he brought them to pace them for the last two laps. Okay. And so we're both kind of done. And I'm like, you know what, Mo, let's do one more victory lap. And you can only have one pacer. So you have one daughter pace you. We'll have the other daughter pace me. And we can all go do this together. Yeah. So it was real cool. We got one last best friend lap in. Um, nice. His daughters got to see the, the dinosaur because dinosaur valley is dinosaur valley because the dinosaurs were there. And then their footprints got hardened into the stone. So there's dinosaur footprints out there. Oh. So when they got to see the dinosaur footprint, they loved it. They had a blast. And yeah, I got, I got back to the car and I'm like, I have nothing left. It was, it's really, really, it was interesting just to have nothing left in the tank. Yeah. Cause usually there's always a little more, but that time I really did have nothing left. So learned a lot did, there. Did you, uh, how many, how many loops uh, was it for the hundred or how long was the loop? So I'm, I think it's a little over or a little under 10 miles. My, cause you do your first loop is five and then you do like eight or nine other loops and it equals out to a hundred miles. Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. yeah, I think it was like 69 miles when I finished. So. But yeah, ele- elevation in another Texas has elevation. You got to watch out for the Texas elevation. It's there. I didn't know this, and I should have learned up, from Austin. A lot of up and down, dude. A lot of yeah. yeah. Dude, even even uh, my first my first uh, hundred miler was in South Louisiana, and a lot of people come thinking South Louisiana is flat, and and for the most part it is. But the, the trails, a lot of the trails have a lot of sharp ups and downs, little short steep ups uh, and downs, like little you know roots and rocks, and go up a levee, go back down, you know. And so uh, yeah, a lot of people were surprised by that. So yeah. yeah. So anybody going to Texas, South Louisiana, just <laughs> do, do your homework. Look at the profile do map. Do, yeah, and that's a, that's a good lesson. Do your homework. You yes. know? And, I mean, and that's why I made the YouTube channel. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, t- so, t- tell me about the YouTube channel before we get to, your, right. to, to your next race. All okay. Right. So, yeah. So, um, and to be fair, I'm not like amazing at editing. I just was looking for ultra marathons and I couldn't really find anything on YouTube for them. And eventually I found out they're really hard to run. They don't have time to go record everything too. So I just decided to start taking a GoPro. And so I would go to a race, I would GoPro it and I would kind of cut it, put a little music to it, put it on YouTube. So if someone next year wants to see that race, nice. they can go find it and kind of know what they're getting into. Cause that's what I was looking for myself. Yeah. And so now I'm falling in love with the video editing, making it fun. Um, I'm also going and just doing local trails and just doing highlights of this trail, highlights of this trail. So if someone wants to get out and go hiking, it'll motivate them to get out to their, that trail so um, it's, it's real cool to, to see the river crossings at the Razorback Running Revival video and everything. So uh, eventually I'm going to put more time into learning how to get better at editing. Um, yeah. But but one thing I will say in my YouTube videos, I don't do the whole turn the camera at my face and tell you how I'm feeling. I know okay. some people like that, but I, I want to make it all about the atmosphere, the people in the race. Yeah. I don't do the thing where I like put the camera at my feet. Nothing against the people who do that, but it's yeah, just yeah. I just want you guys to see yeah, just yeah. see the views, see the start, everyone going off, and just see the happy people and and what you're going to get into. Uh, that's so, cool. What's the name? Of, what's the name of your channel? Run trails, eat bacon. Run trails, eat bacon. All right, just want to make sure surprise. I get that in again. I'll make sure I put a link in there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes for that so people can check it out. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, you know you, what you said. I like for 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 Moab. I just rewatched. Uh, there's a, a guy. He's uh, his nickname is Midpack Elite. Uh, his name's West Plate. Uh, you can look him up on social media. Well, he he does that some of that with uh, trails, and uh, yeah. he recorded a whole bunch of the Moab 240. And so I was thinking, like, uh, man, I wonder what I need to be. You know, how cold it gets at night. So I rewatched mm-hmm. it. It's like 45 minutes, but he goes through the whole spiel of him running it, and I'm like, all right, that's freezing, you know, and that's steep, yeah. and this is, you know, so I can just make mental notes. And uh, I'm going to suffer there because he's so, you know, <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, that's good. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, that, so uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's good for your drop bags too, doing that research. So, you know, yeah. what, what Jack had to put in what. So that's really awesome. You're doing that. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm scared and excited. <laughs> I respect, respect the course because if you don't respect it, that you, DNFs happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you DNF there. And then what, what was after that? What was your next, what was, was the next Lotsi your, your next or what did no, you? No, Rocky Raccoon. I finally oh, got to, yeah. Okay, so this is all in one year. Smith it was okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is all from that February to that November, all this crazy oh. story. This, yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I'm all in. <laughs> so I finally got to do Rocky Raccoon and it actually went, I mean, I was slow, but it went smoothly. Like I paced myself perfectly and I got the, you know, I can put in for the Western States lottery, you know, mi mission accomplished, you know, yeah. at least for that part. So. Nice. Then, nice. Of course, of course, you're going to be in the lottery like one of the hardest years to get in because it's. <laughs> cause yes. But, but, you know, you never know, dude. Hey, that's, you gotta play got to play the in, game, right? I got in my second year. There you Two go. Tickets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, some people get in with one ticket, so that's cool. And you just keep keep loading it. Yeah. Awesome. Nice, nice. All right. So you got your ticket to Western States. I'm looking at your yeah, you, Rocky Raccoon. You got done. And then what yep. was after that, man? COVID. 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 <laughs> was COVID. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna do Zion 100 miler. Oh, oh man. I had an Airbnb set up. My family was going to come in from Ohio. We're going to go. I was going to hike Angel's Landing, run 100 miles through Zion. And now I'm just thinking of the video I can get just running through Zion. Like, oh, kidding. Yes. And then COVID happens. I'm like, no. And now, since COVID happens, I'm just running 100 milers in my neighborhood for virtual medals because I did all the training. <laughs> so, like, uh, Jeremy had his uh, uh, Lake McMurtry 100K. Yeah, I, I did training for a hundred mile or so I signed up for his hundred K ran a hundred miles and got my hundred K buckle, but you know, nice. and then I, yep. What's Okay. So you, so you ran around your neighborhood for a hundred miles. How, how, what kind of loop is that? Uh, two miles. So, and it, yeah, it's a little more interesting than you think. Um, like <laughs> I was running around the neighborhood, so I'm real big into mountain biking too. That's like my, I call it cross training, but really I just like to go mountain biking. So that's yeah. my excuse to go mountain biking. I'm, I'm getting um, it on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going running and I see some lady taking bikes out to the curb and like one is my wife's size. I'm like texting my wife, dropping a pin, come pick up this bike. So my wife got a bike out of it and I'm running by this guy's house and he's out there like firing up the grill. He's about to start smoking something. And then um, his, he's like looking at me and I just keep running by his house. And I was like, man. I, you know, it was like awkward, right? Because he's just yeah. like, who's this guy? So I'm like, man, that smells really good. I'm going to smell that all day. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm running 100 miles. He's like, are you serious? And so he calls all of his biker buddies over. So now I got a gang of bikers sitting out in this dude's front yard, yelling at me, cheering for me every time I run around. Yeah. Like, you want a beer? You want a beer? I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> um, and, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time, like I, I would have to, you know, you'd have to go to the bathroom. I would come in and it's like, I don't even have to go to the bathroom. I just want to go to bed, like get out there. And my brain was playing tricks on me is just want me to go inside the house. So it was mentally yeah. challenging. Yeah, that's that's the tough part with any any looped race, especially when you're, you know, part of that loop is your start finish or whatever. You got to oh, and then if it's your house. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, another neighbor kind of asked what I was doing too. And I told him, and th this was, this one made me cry out. You know, you get emotional after like 80 miles and your body yeah. breaks down. And, and, and this guy got pieces of paper, went out in his car and said, keep moving. You're doing great. And he wrote it all on paper and put it out there. Oh, I broke down like a baby. And then they went out and talked to my wife. And my wife's like, he's going to finish in about two hours. So the guy and his wife came out and cheered me to the finish. And 
And Dude. I was like, oh my goodness. And it's a neighborhood hundred miler. And I had all that excitement. That so is so cool, man. Crazy. What, yes. what, what, how, how long did it end up taking you? Oh God. I want to say like 34 hours, way too okay. long. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you've got home there to go in and drink and change or do whatever, it's a little slower. you know. <laughs> yeah. And every time I run by the house, you see the dog's face in the window. Like, is he coming in this time? You're like, oh, yeah. You gotta go pick the dog or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So you, you don't have kids. Do you have kids yet or? No, I am the kid. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's taking your place right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, wow. So you, so you did that. Well, that was, was that your first, um, first hundred mile or first long or ultra on, on pavement? Uh, well, Hotsi's paved. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did, uh, I did that one. I did another virtual hundred kind of same thing. And then, okay. uh, and then I finally came up to uh well actually I did the dark and dirty this year because that was a canceled so that was really fun to kind of see everyone out there again and and I, I highly encourage anyone getting into 100 mile racing to do a night race mm-hmm. because it is weird running at night and it's frustrating when you're tired and you trip over routes so if you can find a night race to run through the night and get used to that get comfortable with that and that's exactly what the dark and dirty was it was a nighttime 50k yeah so. it's a real te- technical trail too a lot of rocks and stuff oh, yeah. from what I yeah. Um, and I don't know if you knew this, I tried to turn that into a hundred miler as well. I ran 40 miles on the ma- uh, rough mountain trail to r- down the rough mountain kit trail back to my campsite. So I ran 40 miles before the start of dark and dirty. No. Um, I finished the 50 K and this year there was a huge, huge thunderstorm and I was just white. I was, yeah. and so it's weird because I crossed the finish line and they're like, congratulations, here's your medal for finishing. And I'm like, I'm a DNF. I'm done. I'm done at 70 miles. They're like, well, you DNF'd in your brain, but to us, you yeah. finished. So. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, speaking of uh, Jeremy's races, are you going to do uh, Thunderbird uh, that's coming up? That's right. It's well, near you. Yeah, it, it is. And that, uh, so I think next year I'm going to put the whole – Western states behind me and just do all outlaw races. Uh, I want to do the outlaw 100 and everything. And, and, uh, flower moon, I want to do flower moon too. I went out and got a video of that course cause it's so beautiful out there. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, dinosaur Valley, I think is two weeks after it. And I'm not uh, going to make the same mistake last year. I'm okay. going to be fully ready and not run a race right before dinosaur Valley. Cause I'm coming for it. Okay. Gotcha. Good, good, good. You can go out and, and, and be prepared because uh, yes. uh, I, I plan on being out there. I'll probably be running it. Um, I should be mostly recovered. And if not, I'm going to go hang out and uh, just be with our race people. <laughs> yeah, I might just yeah. go hang out too. It's it's two hours from home. No reason not to go hang out and volunteer. Yeah, yeah. So. Come hang out, man. Come hang out. Uh, it should be good. Uh, and I, I want to go check out the trails out there. And so, uh, you probably, you might've run the trails out there already. Have you uh, been out there yet? I mountain bike them all the time. So oh, nice, it, nice. It, if I'm gonna drive two hours, I want to send some jumps and jump some stuff. So I, uh, there's some sketchy stuff out there. I think it's at Th- is that Thunderbird? Yeah, I think yeah, it's at Thunderbird. It is. Yeah, yeah. There's some sketchy stuff out there for mountain bikes. I'm all about that because I got to get that adrenaline that I'm not getting anymore from not fighting. So <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, okay, so yeah, you did dark and dirty, and then um, so since that, so I, 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 you did two virtual hundreds. That that's crazy. That's that's yes. awesome. <laughs> almost three. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, almost three. That, 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 that's great. So, so I mean, you like you like the buckles, but it's not just for the buckles. <laughs> no, it, it is all leadership. It is all leadership because uh, leadership is influence, and you've got to add value to others. And you can't do that until you add value to yourself. And every time I finish an ultra, it's just like a clean slate. Nice. And just nice. so much fresh ideas and so much energy, and I come back to work a whole new person. So. 
That's amazing. Do you um do do your do you folks at work know about your racing and 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 know what you're going to be doing for the weekend? Oh yeah, they think I'm nuts. They think I'm nuts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How far you run this weekend? You run a million yeah. miles. <laughs> I tell them it's easy. You just start and just don't stop. Just, just keep going. It's easy. It's <laughs> so it's so easy. It's yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. You train a little bit, you know, but yeah, just get out and do it. Yeah. So. Well, what I do for the folks at work is uh, we have a, a fully – we have a gym at work, and there's a yoga room in there. So I, I do cardio kickboxing in there because nice. I know a lot of people want to get in shape, but no one wants to go run 20 miles. But if you're punching and kicking pads, that's like the best way to lose weight and uh, burn off stress. And so I got, I got that going. And so oh, I, that's awesome. Yeah. So what, uh, for, you know, you're talking about uh, leadership and you doing, you do all these trainings and, and you're influencing people. What, and you're, you're an extreme person, you know, yes. by, by, by nature, you, you know, fighting and, and, and running. So particularly from ultra running, what, what are some like big takeaways that you've gotten that, that you, that kind of like maybe aha moments that you've, that you've gotten that you use in, in training others in leadership? Um, no limits. Um, a lot of times we put limits and say, this is what we can do because this is what we cap- we're capable of. And I th- think everyone has ran an ultra where we thought we're done. And then you eat bacon or you talk to somebody and then all of a sudden you're crossing the finish line and you're just like, how come at mile 80, I thought I had nothing left and I fought through 20 more miles. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that, and also just, just the energy you get from other people that's not just an ultra running. You can do that anywhere in life. If you just have those positive vibes, you can build up anyone and get anyone through to achieve their goals just through your positive energy and positive attitude. And that, that's one thing about ultra running is, is you just see people coming up. You're in a bad spot. Someone comes up to you and they're as happy as can be. And you're like, you're the same distance I am. How are you so happy right now? And then before you know it, you're laughing with them and, and happiness is contagious. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that, that, those are two of like, like my big, you know, takeaways overall, you know, like I just posted recently, you know, I just turned 46 and I'm like, you know what? I'm still trucking, man. I want to keep cruising. You know, yeah. age is just, a, it's just a number and, and I'll keep going. And, and the same thing, I always encourage, I spoke to our cross country team this week and, uh, you know, I told them, dude, it's going to hurt. You know, when you get in a pain cave, smile, mm-hmm. make yourself smile, yeah. look crazy, dude, just smile and, and, and be gratitude, you know, be thankful that you get to be out there. And, and when I can get my, when I get in that dark place and I can get thankful man i start running better and nothing's changed physically you know no no and that's why i love your your midweek motivations because if even if it doesn't apply 100 percent for anything i'm going to you can still find applications through everything you say so so definitely keep turning those out because i think a lot of people can listen to those and find application to apply to their life well, when we, so. we get off, I'll be dropping this week's for tomorrow so you (laughs) (laughs) nice i'm looking forward to it yeah man um yeah, man. So, so, but I, I love that. I love, you know, I, and I think there, I don't know. It's just like, like, like so many people have said, it's a microcosm for life. You, you set a goal and you achieve it. And there's that, you know, people are like, Oh, the, you know, why you love the, the buckle so much. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not necessarily the oh. buckle. Of course I like a good looking buckle, you know, it, you know, if it's a pretty buckle, it's, it's nice, but it's what it represents, you know? Exactly. And, and whatever people are into, it's, it's the same thing. People don't play video games on easy mode because they need to challenge themselves. So it's just yeah. every aspect of life. It's always looking to push yourself in just a little bit more than than out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like when you when you look at a diploma, even, you know, it's not the piece of paper doesn't mean anything. It's it's all that you did to get there. You know what it means. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, another that's, thing, too. I'm uh, going back to school now. Uh, like I said, I work for a great company. We got the gym and they pay for marathons and they actually pay for college 100 percent if you're there for more than a year. 
So wow. now I'm going to school to get my degree in business management and ethics so I can even kind of increase the the responsibilities I can have to even push myself a little more. Wow, man. So, yes. so you're tra- training for ultras. You're, and you, when we talked earlier, you're working like you have got kind of crazy hours. You're busy. Yes. And, and, and you're going to school. How many hours are you taking? Um, it's, it's accelerated classes. So yeah. it's, um, it's a five week compressed course. So it's a, okay. only one class, but the workload's a lot. So yeah. I actually, I work 4 a.m. to 7 p.m., but Tuesdays I get off early because I knock out three essays on Tuesdays and the occasional uh, run the right podcast, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just knock out all the essays on Tuesday and then I'll revise them and submit them on the weekend. So I, I make it work. And then uh, yeah. the crazy workload. And I th- this is the main thing with leadership too, is that I'm the trainer in a distribution center. So once I can build up others to be a trainer for each department and have a trainer under me in each department, then I won't have to work 70 hour work weeks. Mm. And so of course I got to build up my leadership level to have people under me and make them successful too. Or Nice. Yes. You can become successful by, by multiplying yourself, by pouring into others. That, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, yeah. Leaders want to lead leaders. So that's, that's exactly what it is. Nice, nice, and 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 part of that's inspire, you know, trying to inspire others, and and not only teaching them, but in, inspiring them, inspire them to want to want to be more, want to be more, and have more, and yeah, grow. and that's all about knowing what their goals are too. So that's um, a lot of times I thought I could lead just by like going out there and being really productive and being like the best, mm-hmm. but but really it's it's more about getting on that personal level and finding out what people want and what drives them, and that's that's something I'm learning learning quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, man, uh, so, so, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to, what's next is I, I know you got dinosaur Valley. You're going for redemption there. Try to nail it. Um, what, what else? I, I can't tell which one's you on here. Cause you're like, you yeah. said, your ultra sign up is all crazy. What else do yep. you have in, in the, in the, the flow there going, which one so, you got next? So after dinosaur Valley, I'm going for the outlaw sweep. I like how, how Jeremy, he has these hiking poles for his races and every race has a little um, medallion you can put on the hiking pole. So next year is going to be the year of outlaw. I want to do every outlaw race, finish it, yeah. get the medallion, get me a hiking pole to put in my man cave. Um, but also I did have to um, roll over my Zion. So I rolled over my Zion to Bryce. Okay. So next year I'll be running a Bryce 100 miler and hopefully the COVID cooties don't don't keep that from going on because uh, we yeah. got another family vacation plan. Going to see the family from Ohio and get everything going. So I, I think things are getting better and kind of slowing down a bit. So I should be good to go for that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, man. And, and I plan on doing a, a whole lot of the uh, the outlaw, ra- all the race as much as many of them as I can get to that that won't interfere with my the triple crown that's moved to next year. Um, yeah. You know, so I'll be I'll be seeing you, man. We're we're gonna we're gonna get out there and we'll, we'll share some miles, hundred percent for sure. Definitely. Yeah, you know, man. my wife has the bacon. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you know I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna expect some bacon, bro. So <laughs> always, always, yes. That's so awesome. So, uh, well, man, ultimately, I mean, so you got that for next year. You, your ultimate goal is Western States. Uh, what, 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 what after that? I mean, what you know, or what? Why you're trying to get in there? I know you're gonna continue to have, you know, you're not satisfied with, <laughs> with the minimal. <Yeah. laughs> so, well, I. Well, obviously I got that 200. Well, usually if I got that DNF, I'm hungry right after, but, but that Lahoti, I was, that was a little worrisome because that one messed me up a bit. So, yeah, yeah. um, but definitely, I definitely do want to do a 200 It's because mm. if, if I get all this out of a hundred, you're going to get double out of a 200, you know, if it trail therapy, right, you get double yeah. the trail therapy 
Yeah. And my yeah. ultra running math, I know it doesn't work now. So instead of <laughs> it's it's going to be more than double because it's going to take longer than hey, probably quadruple, man. <laughs> yeah. So and then also um, sm- smaller, smaller goals that aren't ultra related. Of course, if I get that business, uh, the management degree, I can become a manager. I want to actually make my videos to where people share them because they're good, not just because it's the race they're about to run, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, nice, so nice. I'm, I'm getting better at the editing and and then just keep inspiring others. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to encourage you to keep it up. You're like you got the right attitude as far as, you know, just, just the, the desire to do it and stuff like that. Yeah. Probably need to ask a few people about some things. <laughs> <laughs> a little more research. <laughs> you know, research, but you know, I think you're, you learn that you need to you know, <laughs> do that, but yes. man, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, um, you know, you're listening and, and, and you know, you listen to the run the right podcast, man. We, we try to drop as much knowledge as we can, you know, and, and, and try to, um, we've had some just amazing people that, that have so much knowledge in, in racing and running and, yes. uh, man, I've, I've learned a bunch. I, you know, why people, why you do the podcast? Well, I learn a lot, man. I have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That pays for itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, if nothing else, if a few people listen and get, get something out of it and, uh, yeah. All right. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, man. Uh, so, um, right now, uh, as of now, I know you're still evolving. You're you're, you're in it. What are you, what are you wearing shoe wise when you're, when you're running? Okay. I know you're ultra guy, but I'm, I'm a pillow guy. So I I like the hokas. Um, okay. All right. I like like that. I like the rocking chairs on the toes. uh, uh, (laughs) And you would think I would have strong feet from all my years of fighting, but for some reason I just, I don't. So I probably need to strengthen them up, but Mm -hmm. I, I, I rock the, the speed goats. So. Okay, cool. That's good shoe. Good shoe. All right, cool. And then, uh, like, what are you doing for your hunters when you, when you get to wear a pack, when you're not doing low that's a one mile loop? (laughs) Yes. I just got an orange mud one and I was really surprised by the fit because I kind of bought a cheap one. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it, it serves its purpose. Then I put the orange mud. I'm like, this fits really good. So I'm a big orange mud fan now. Um, yeah. I don't do the hydration blade. I'm a bottle guy, but, okay. but I still I still rock the orange mud. And it's really good for mountain biking, too, because it's kind of high up on my chest. Yeah. You're doing the double barrel? Uh, no, no. I, I have the front. I have the front bottle. Oh, the front bottles. Okay, gotcha. Yep. I forgot what that one's called because I, I, I have a, a, a while back, a long time ago, I had the double barrel and I always thought it was – Everybody laughed. You look like you got a rocket pack on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So besides, besides bacon, like uh, your, what's your go-to food and your go-to uh, for hydration? What, what electrolytes are you taking? Really? I just Gatorade zero it. I, I don't do okay. anything. I think I did a, a noon or none. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Yeah. Noon. Yeah. Um, and for food, it's just, just everything. Um, <laughs> My, my wife, like she cooked up bratwurst and she brought a little grill. She was cooking all the meat. So meats and vegetables, but also, um, of course, I think Zach Bitter talks a lot about this too. If you're fat adapted, you don't have to just eat fats yeah. during the race. You can start eating carbs. So yeah. I, I will admit that is little Debbie time. This is when <laughs> little Debbie makes her comeback <laughs> and I can do Oreos, Twizzlers, pretzels, and a couple fat cakes. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, you know what's another game changer, especially at, at night when uh, I, I wait and I do my caffeine at night? Dude, you can get 250 calories out of a Starbucks, one of those cold coffees, and there there's so much full of sugar and caffeine, and like I don't I don't drink that normally because it's you know it's not my thing, you know it's not our not fat adapted, but boy at night that's yes. rocket fuel, man. Yeah. Yes. That's good stuff. That and a little Debbie, man, you'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh man. Uh, well, Justin, man, I I I was. This has been good. I, I've been looking forward to, to, to our chat. I knew it was going to be good. Uh, I just love that you've, you know, kind of we 
we've had a similar walk, you know, from MMA, cra- crazy fighting to crazy running, man. <laughs> yeah, and torn ACL in between. And a torn ACL in between. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, but what I like is, um, you know, you've got goals. Uh, it's not just, you know, because you can go out and be crazy and do crazy stuff, but 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 it's grounded in something. You know, you're learning and you're growing from it, and and that's. That's important. You know, if you're just doing this to, to run away from something, to hide a deep hurt or, or whatever, that's, you know, maybe that's part of therapy, but but also using it to grow, man. That's cool. Keep it up. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Last question. Um, somebody who's thinking about getting into it, uh, you know, you hadn't been into it long. Uh, what's your advice? Uh, get a bucket and a pen. Uh, make a bucket list. Put it in front of your face. Do your research. Take your time. And uh, most of all, listen to your wife. Because <laughs> otherwise, you won't let you race, man. <laughs> and if you don't have a wife, get on a um, a Facebook running group and and ask there. You learn so much from these Facebook running groups; it's crazy. And and they don't, you don't, you feel embarrassed asking a question, but then you get like thirteen, fifteen to thirty replies. You're like, oh wow! And yeah. there's a lot of information out there, and everyone loves to help out. Yeah, that's that one of the beautiful things about our our, our culture, man. People people want to. You got a few knuckleheads in there that talk to you stupid if you ask a question but most of them are just want to help out and then legit man that's cool good exactly. advice good advice. i thought you were going to say if you don't have a wife get on a facebook group and uh find you <laughs> <one>. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not how you there's an app for that <laughs> go to church get find a wife that's the place yes <laughs> uh, well, Justin, man, I, I, I know we're going to see each other uh, at some of these outlaw races, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to your wife's bacon. And, yes. uh, man, uh, <laughs> keep it up, man. Keep up the racing, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, brother? Awesome. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Take care.